Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. Welcome again to the Reboot Podcast. I'm Dan Putt. We wanted to do this Reboot Extras really as a supplement to the amazing startup podcast released by Gimlet today. At Reboot, we often talk about the value of relationships in mirroring back to us our blind spots. And this is especially true for leaders, those who by virtue of their position have the power to cast both shadow and light onto their organizations. Now, all honest feedback is valuable. And it's great if your culture supports a constant flow of feedback. But it's often helpful for leaders to take deeper dives into radical self-inquiry, giving themselves focused and intentional space to examine the patterns of behavior that are either serving them or not serving their teams and their missions. 360 reviews are a really powerful tool that can help leaders make course corrections, supporting both individual growth and the growth of the company. While there are many approaches to 360s out there, what we have found to be the most helpful to our clients is to approach the 360s as an extension of the coaching conversation. Most leaders don't care how they rate numerically on a list of abstract capacities. And even if they do, it's tough for them to really know how to make use of that kind of data. But if they can hear through the voices of their colleagues how their behavior is making impact, and if they can be helped by a coach to see more clearly the choices available to them for change, the benefits can be immense. In today's conversation, Jerry speaks with Fred Wilson about the values of 360s and first shining a light on what's happening within a company, and second, helping enable positive change in leaders at the helm. As always, you can get the show notes for this conversation between Fred and Jerry at our show notes at reboot.io slash podcast. And while you're there, you should go ahead and sign up at reboot.io slash sign up where you'll get the first heads up on new episodes and our amazing newsletter written by Allie. If you'd like to learn more about Reboot 360s, you can go to reboot.io slash 360. Hey, Fred, it's great to see you again. Thanks for coming on and doing this. It's my pleasure. Oh, good, good. You know, I wanted to take a few minutes this morning, this afternoon, to really sort of talk a little bit about CEO 360 reviews. And... You know, you and I both come from a world where we've we've uh, sat on a lot of boards and uh, had a lot of performance conversations with CEOs over the years, both, uh, you know, for me in my past life, but also in my present life as well. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was just really what makes a CEO 360 valuable from your perspective as a, as a board member? Well, you know, the, the, the thing I like to say is uh, the wish that I always have, the superpower that I would like to have if I could have a superpower would be uh, the ability to take over the like body of a person working in one of the companies I'm on the board of for like a day or a week or a month to see what it's really like working in those companies. Mm-hmm. And you, you just never know when you're on the board because everyone's on their best behavior. Even the senior executives that, you know, end up having one-on-ones with you as a board member are, you know, careful about what they say. And so you never really know uh, how an executive is doing. And of course you have your opinions and the board has its opinions. And so you might have the opinion that the CEO is doing amazing 
when in fact he or she is, is actually not doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Or we have the opinion that the CEO isn't doing a very good job when in fact they actually are doing a good job. And mm-hmm. so it's the board's job to hold the CEO accountable and it's the board's job to give the CEO a review and it's the board's job ultimately to hire and fire the CEO. So we really actually need to know how he or she is doing. And if we just base uh, uh, our opinion on our own interactions with the CEO, we're going to be wrong. I think we could be wrong by a lot. And so I'm very hesitant to do any sort of review or performance discussion with a CEO without having uh, a 360 as part of that process, because I feel like it it grounds us in the reality as much as any as anything is possible of what's really going on in the company. And the thing that's super helpful is when our views of how the CEO is doing are confirmed by the 360 and when they are, in, in a sense, uh, you know... Uh, Refuted or proved wrong? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. then, then I think we know where we're right and we know where we're wrong and we can focus on, on, on the things that um, we were right about and, and really, uh, you know, focus the conversation there. And it, it also leads to a much better conversation because the CEO, I think generally, uh, not always, but generally actually kind of knows how they're doing. And so if we sit down and have a conversation with the CEO and we say, you know, you are having challenges with, uh, you know, your communication style with your senior leadership. And if they know that that's actually true, then I think they're going to have a better response to that. Whereas if it's just completely wrong and you say that to them, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. where do you get that idea? Mm-hmm. So, and then that's not going to be a good conversation. So I, I don't want to ever really go into a performance or review or even compensation discussion with an executive without having that document. And what's even better is, is if you can do it every year mm-hmm. or sometimes even more frequently than that, then you, then not only do you have a, a point in time document, but you have a progression over time and then you can really start to get into, uh, here's the things that you've really, you know, worked on and gotten better at. Um, but yet there's these three things that have come up consistently, you know, year after year and you really, you really got to work on these. I love your answer and, and it's super helpful. And, and, uh, you know, two things. One is, you know, I love the image of having an avatar, if you will, who's like walking through, you know, that, that other world and and giving you insight to what's going on. And we're definitely going to hold on to that as we sort of think about our own points of view. But this notion of the blind spot, which is what I think you were hitting on, which is that when, when the data comes back, when the feedback comes back, and it turns out that, that not only uh, the CEO, but the board has sort of been operating from a, a kind of blind spot, and they just didn't know that the staff was dealing with this issue or that issue, that, that seeing those blind spots more clearly is so valuable. I mean, is, is that a fair way to describe it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, oftentimes uh, a founder or a founder CEO or, uh, you know, a, a CEO comes into the company after the company's been started, does a good job of managing up. And they, they know how to manage a board and they know how to get a board comfortable 
and they tell you what you know you want to hear and when the reality is different from that you know that's a that's a really troubling situation you want to be able to wrap your arms around that and so i think it turns out that the best ceos focus their time and energy on managing their company mm-hmm. and if they do a good job of managing their company their board's going to be happy with their performance and that CEOs who spend time managing their board, uh, that's a problem because every minute that they spend managing the board, they could be spending managing their company. And I think that's the wrong place for them to, to focus their time and energy. But a lot of people do it. I guess it's just sort of human nature. Well, I, I, I love this. And, and I think you, you hit upon something that I think is, is super important, which is in a sense, the board member's responsibility as it relates to that to that dialectic, and that is, if the board, and and I don't think anybody consciously allows this, but if the board allows themselves to be managed in this way, they're in effect being, they're leading from their blind spots. And so in a sense, a well done document, a well done process can not only kind of reveal the CEO's blind spots, but also the board members like where have they been operating from and, and really in the end push the, the, the focus back to managing the company, not in managing this, this relationship with the board. Does that resonate? It does. And I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of board members. um, They get irritated at a CEO for, things that don't really matter, you know, like, um, they don't call me enough or, you know, they miss their numbers by 5%. I mean, I'm not saying missing your numbers by 5% is a good thing, but like there are more important things in the life of a company than whether or not you hit your numbers or beat your numbers, uh, in a, in a given month or a given quarter. And, and so I, I like to think of numbers as, as a byproduct of how you're managing the company. Um, and you can't, you can't have good financial performance if you're not doing a good job of managing your company. So uh, I just think making these board members sort of stare at the reality of what's really going on in the company, as opposed to these other things that they get hung up on is really important. And, you know, if, if, a, if a CEO has a 360 that's just glowing um, and people are, you know, really, really happy working in the company and they have lots of great things to say about the CEO, I think that that, that tells you something. It tells you that, that the person's doing a good job running the company. Now, if you, if, you have, if you have problems, then they may be structural problems in the business. Maybe you don't have a good business. <laughs> Maybe you've got a good CEO, but you don't have a good business. Right, right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very cognizant of promising you a, a, a short conversation. So I'm going to ask one last question. If there's any one piece of advice you'd give to either other board members or uh, a CEO who's hesitant um, about putting themselves in this process, because this is scary. This is like really hard to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to survey people around me or have surveyed around me people so I can get their opinion. What advice would you give them? 
Well, uh, I think hire somebody who really knows what they're doing, like you and your colleagues at Reboot. And, and I'm not saying that as, as an advertisement for you. I just know that you, you all do a very good job at this and you're very thoughtful about it. And, and, the, and the 360 report uh, that you generate is really the best I've seen, just a very, very substantial document um, with a lot of, um, you know, I think actionable insights plus a lot of um, anecdotes that tie back to the specific recommendations. So when you're having a conversation with an executive, you can actually say, here are some specific situations that kind of talk about this issue. So, so, so hire somebody that really knows what they're doing. Um, and then make sure that you get a broad enough participation in it from both the people who uh, report to you and also the board so that you, you have one document that encapsulates all of the feedback from both above and below. Um, and then, you know, there are ways to manage uh, how, you, how you go through it. Ultimately, I think that the, the 360 should be made available to the board. But if uh, it makes sense to have somebody facilitate that conversation, again, you all are good at doing that uh, to make somebody a little bit more, more relaxed about it. And I think the other thing that's helpful sometimes is to have the executive see the report first and then produce, produce a development plan um, that then goes hand in hand with the 360 to the board. So it's not just here's the report card, but here's the report card and here's what I learned from it and here's what I plan to do about it. And I think all of those things will ultimately result in the best possible process. Well, um, I couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you for all of that. And thanks for the, for the kind words about us. You know, the, the truth is, you know, we see this very much as part of an arc of the coaching relationship. And, and it, it's part of that whole uh, effort to just grow in the job. And that's what we're really more interested in than anything else. So, so that's why we approach it that way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all Reboot Podcast episodes by signing up at reboot.io slash signup. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot Podcast. Thanks for joining. How long till my soul gets it right?